men stepping into their erotic leadership in a healthy way actually helps them master this idea of attunement so that they know how to flow with life. They know how to flow with their partners. They're not shook by obstacles that come into their path. They're able to adjust and make creative solutions and how they can meet each sort of obstacle or challenge that comes through their path. Having that attunement with self and others is a really amazing tool that men can acquire once they become erotic leaders. My name is Johnny Elsasser, and I'm a former Special Operations U.S. Army Ranger and Tactical Commander to the U.S. Ambassador's Protective Detail. I have seen the struggle even the most hardened men have faced when they combat their inner demons, and I am here to shine a light on those struggles to show that no man is exempt from adversity and internal pain. Men from all walks of life share their stories of hardship, darkness, and perseverance so that every man knows that whatever he is going through, he is not alone. Evolution for men begins now. This is a Soul Fire production. Hey everyone, today's guest is Kimmy Inch. She is a kink expert, professional dominatrix, kink slash BDSM educator, published author, and somatic healer. She's absolutely amazing, just absolutely amazing. I've had the privilege of actually taking one of her in-person courses with my wife, which was very, very powerful and is something I recommend highly to anybody uh, individually and in a relationship. You get the opportunity to really experience more ways of having pleasure with one another, but you also get the opportunity to experience each other at a deeper intimate level and energetic level. So really special place. And Kimmy is absolutely one of the most amazing guides I have ever seen in an environment like this. And that is really special because she creates an environment that everybody, man and woman, feels safe so they can explore each other, their desires, their their individuality, and everything in between. So really special. But in this episode, I wanted to bring her on because of the fact that she is super powerful, understanding the masculine world in ways that most men don't understand it by being a dominatrix for 20 years and really experiencing things that even plague or challenge very, very prominent, high, high level men in this world. But she has experienced all this from a very intimate setting. And in all of that, she can give us some input and guidance and advice to how we can explore the power within ourselves as men and open that up to our partners in our lives. So really special episode to be able to jam out with her today. I know that there's so much in this for a lot of guys. Be open and be willing to explore some of this stuff that the our conversation unfolds into just so you can learn yourself a little better and then see if you can open up to sharing that with your partner. All right, guys, I hope you enjoy this episode and I'll see you all around the corner. All right, everyone, welcome back to The Art of Masculinity. We're actually having a special recording here in Austin, Texas uh, right now because I'm at South by Southwest and have the fortunate ability to 
have my amazing friend and also just an amazing human being, Kimmy Inch on the show. How are you doing today, Kimmy? Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's so good to see you here in Austin. I'm so excited we get to do an in-person. Like this is mm-hmm. my favorite kind of podcasting. It's so much fun. So much nicer. Yeah. <laughs> so much nice. Like the I mean, anything could happen, Johnny. Any- I know. Anything. anything can happen. Yeah. <laughs> <Ruh-roh>. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, um, this, I've been so excited to have you on the show because you are very special and extremely unique in this world in so many different ways. And I think like what we're going to be able to touch on today, um, as you know, is going to really change men's perspectives on a lot of things. Good. I hope so. Because as I put at, when I was at your event, um, what you do is just stupid. Right? <laughs> <laughs> just fucking stupid. Like, can I use that testimonial for my promotional materials, please? It's <laughs> so good. Stupid. <laughs> Absolutely. It's just stupid. Like you blew my mind in so many ways in um, the concept of what I understood hmm. about you and your work was very different from really you and your work. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, this has been my life's passion for the last 20 years. And it's been really exciting to see something that's been such a counterculture sort of Mm -hmm. thing, gaining really big traction in healing spaces and the biohacking spaces and a lot of different arenas, not just for relationships and, and novelty, but it's been actually expanding so much further than that. So it's really cool to see it gaining traction. And I'm excited to lead the way. You are. You are absolutely leading the way. And I got to see all this firsthand, which was really beautiful. So it's not like she's just, you know, Kimmy's like spouting off like weird shit. Like she (laughs) is legit, like changing people's lives in so many ways. But let's kind of stop talking cryptically. So okay. I want to I fill everybody <laughs> in on what you and I are talking about. I like being mysterious. Yeah, <laughs> yes, you do. What are she talking about? <laughs> what are these two talking about? Where, where's this subject going? Um, <laughs> so I want to do, I want to break it down first. So um, obviously we do an intro before the show, but I, I can't do you enough service as, as far as your, your background and expertise in this field. But I first want to start off before we get there. I want to start off with the basic understanding of what even a dominatrix is and what that profession entails. So people can really understand what that is first. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. So, you know, so often so many different ideas will conjure in the the mind when you say something like dominatrix Mm -hmm. or like, what is she just like this leather clad, like bitch who abuses men? Well, I always told you, I I thought of Lucy Liu. I thought of Lucy (laughs) Liu in Payback. And I was like, oh, this is so terrible. (laughs) (laughs) No, so essentially my job is to really lead people through their fantasies and help bring them alive in a way that is safe and consensual, of course. But also essentially I help hold space for people who want to explore something erotically. And that could look a lot of different ways, but I create a safe space for them. I witness them in their vulnerable states. And there's a lot of sort of crossovers between what I'm doing and what a healer is doing, essentially. I also sometimes, you know, work hands-on with the body. So that could be anything from using sensations or using impacts in different ways. But yeah, it's very similar to healing work, like mental health care and also like, you know, body work and things like that. So it's sort of an involved aspect of that work, but it also includes bringing in the erotic as well. And part of that is you actually do when you, before you get into a scene with somebody, you're doing a deep dive with them about a lot of different things, correct? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So 
I have a process that if somebody's interested in working with me, you know, I don't necessarily do just classic dominatrix work because I am a somatic therapist. I have a lot of different trainings and tantra and erotic, um, not just erotic practices, but also energy practices and things like that. So if somebody's interested in working with me, I set up a two hour intake session minimum to really dive into, you know, what are the things that they're excited to explore? And, you know, is there anything else underneath the surface of their fantasies that they want to work on? Maybe it's their performance in the bedroom. Maybe there's some sexual addictions that need to be looked at. Maybe there's some difficulty happening in the the dynamic of the relationship that needs to be looked at. So I work with all types of people that are interested in sort of diving deeper into what's possible in their erotic lives. And some of this is also, they'll come to you and divulge that there's a trauma that they would like to work through, right? Sure, yeah. You know, working with sexual traumas and things like that are very common. And it's an interesting space because lately I've been asked to speak alongside people who are facilitating MDMA sessions and psilocybin um, sessions because the work that I'm doing is sort of considered the same way. Like a lot of my clients are interested in experiencing these expansive euphoric states that you can also achieve with mushrooms, Mm -hmm. except replace mushrooms with what I call Eros energy, which is their internal medicine, this erotic energy that's our life force. And Mm -hmm. when people are experiencing deep states of their Eros energy, you know, serotonin's flooding their system, adrenaline, things like that. um, They also experience what is similar to what you can experience on ayahuasca, on mushrooms, on MDMA, et cetera. So when people are in those expanded states, they're able to sort of shift perspectives around their traumas and the things that they've had challenges in their past that they can meet it in a different way, in a way that feels more empowering and more whole. Yeah. And it's it, what's really special about it is they're fully aware. And, and not that you're not fully aware on some of the plant medicines, but you do mm-hmm. have a form of like, obviously depleted awareness and consciousness. But in your practice, it's yeah. fully conscious, fully aware. Absolutely. You know, it doesn't really matter if you feel super safe or trusting within yourself. If you take enough mushrooms, you're going to go somewhere else, right? right? Exactly. Like you're going to yep. get blasted off somewhere else. Um, however, if you are in um, an erotic space and you don't feel complete trust and you don't feel safe, it's really hard to reach those same levels mm. of expansion. So the process of being able to get to a state where you are trusting not only your partner, but yourself through communication, through understanding of what are our boundaries, what are our desires, um, and and using the relational aspect of the experience to actually catapult you to these expansive states of euphoria. It actually teaches you relationship and communication skills. And it also teaches you how to trust yourself as opposed Mm. to taking an outside influence to blast you off into those spaces. You actually have to be able to have those superpowers within yourself to get to those spaces. Oh, it's so, so so good. Yeah, we're going to dive into more of this as well. So that's kind of the foundation so we can get everybody to understand what it is you're even doing. So we can kind of, uh, you know, give people the aspect of not seeing what they've seen in movies, right? Right. To fully understand what's really going on here. You know, just blowing hearts and minds (laughs) open. No big whoop. Just changing the world one one person at a time. No, but um, it really is, you know, and I'm excited to get into it with you because, you know, I work with things that are basically our own biology, you know, that we actually sit on these things. Literally, I'm sitting on my ass right now and I could be bent over on this table. You could be spanking my ass and that could create all kinds of 
of, yeah, right. <laughs> but it could, it could be a, a slap and a tickle. It could be something like super light like that, but it could also like actually bring me to deeper states of um, consciousness and awareness and like actually bring me into my body in a deeper way. So it's almost bypassing the conscious mind and mm. diving into the wisdom of my body um, and helping me sort of strengthen my nervous system. I mean, that could actually be achieved by you spanking me in a really conscious, loving way. Yeah. So we're sitting on like basically a lot of, um, you know, access to these euphoric states, to these places of deeper intimacy and connection. And I think that's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a lot of stored energy in, you know, that area, that totally. sacral, that root area of our body. So that's, sure. that's where it's like that movement, like you said, some of those things can actually be releasing that energy and that can give us a lot of that empowerment and also give us a lot of euphoria and pleasure. Um, without even having any like really sexual, totally, you know, context, context to it. It's yeah. so true. I mean, I have what I call my spanking sisters and what that is, is <laughs> yeah. they're like my home girls. And, um, you know, sometimes I'll just have a really rough week and I'll feel like emotionally constipated and I just will feel off, you know, have you had those like days oh, yeah. where you're just like, I need to like a good cry or I need something to move here, yeah, you yeah. know? So I'll call a spanking sister homegirl and ask <laughs> her like, can you just come over and, and spank me? And what's happening is that that person is actually moving energy in mm. my body and coming up against a little bit of intensity sort of opens the floodgates for me to release in the way I need to. And yeah. I might have a really good cry or just have some sort of energetic movement within me. And then I'm like ready to go again, you know? So, and there's no sort of sexual exchange right. at all. It's really just them helping me move energy in my body in this like really beautiful way. So yeah, anything's possible. It doesn't have to be overly sexual at all. Oh, it's so It's so cool to hear you talk about. It. I'm always in like, I just marvel at how you speak about it because mm. it's such a different context around everything. Sure. And so let's dive a little bit into your background, like okay. where you started and then how you even, you know, came across this journey. And then we'll talk a little bit on on what you're doing with that journey now to really bring this to a conscious level. That's such a great question because people always ask me like, how did you get started? Yeah. And I'm like, well, I was 10 years old. And they're yeah. like, what? <laughs> Wait, and I'm what? like, <laughs> <laughs> no, what I mean by that is, um, you know, when I was 10 years old, I was watching a movie called Basic Instinct with my mom. And um, there's parts in that movie that get really sexually violent. And my mom wasn't really around a lot when I was growing up. So this was a, a particularly interesting moment in time where during this movie, she turned to me and said, you shouldn't be watching this. Mm. And we didn't stop watching it. We kept watching it. But in that moment, I had this really intense chemical reaction that happened in my body where my brain just started firing and there was a rush of chemicals. There was like, my heart was racing. My stomach was flip-flopping. My genitals are tingling. And I had this like bodily visceral experience that just felt so alive. Mm. And I remember in that moment thinking like, it's so fun doing things you're not supposed to do. Yeah. And I think what happened in that impressionable age was that something happened in my brain where I associated, you know, taboo and being naughty and doing things you aren't supposed to do are thrilling and that mm -hmm. actually make you feel more alive. So fast forward, I'm 16 years old and I have a boyfriend now, my first boyfriend, my first love of my life, my first sex partner. And we start having sex and probably three times in, I'm like, is this it? Yeah. <laughs> and I immediately started 
asking him like, hey, do you want to dress up and pretend we're different people? Do you want to like tie me up or I can slap you during sex? Like, you know, and I'd come up with these different ideas, probably where I got it from basic instinct, you know, and he was just happy to be having sex at all. But he was essentially like, I'm 16. (laughs) Like if this is what's going to get you off, cool. But essentially he was like, why do you need all this weird shit? Yeah. And it wasn't until I moved to Tokyo. I moved to Tokyo in my 20s after 9-11 and I was DJing there. And I started getting invited to DJ at fetish parties. And I think it was because, you know, I'm this tall, blonde American um, woman in Japan. So I kind of stood out and I'm a sort of fetish in itself, like in Japan. (laughs) You know what I mean? So um, I was like, oh my God, what am I getting myself into? I saw Pulp Fiction and they're like, bring out the gimp. And I'm like, fuck that. (laughs) Like that was not my style at all. But when I started DJing at these fetish parties, I started to actually feel that this was a really welcoming space for exploration. And I was noticing, you know, people tying each other up and slapping each other and spanking each other. And I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm kinky. Yeah. Like this is, this is actually my scene. So I immediately got really curious and learning more. I met women who were professional doms that asked me if I was interested in, you know, checking out their sessions that I would get paid to sit in the corner and watch them work. And I was like, Sure. So All right. was watching these sessions and was completely captivated by like what turns us on and why do we like the things we like and what, where do our fantasies come from and how do we use that for pleasure, essentially. And I was also really fond of making $300 an hour without taking off my clothes and yeah, having absolutely. sex with anyone. So yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, let's do this. Um, so yeah, that was really my sort of doorway into that world. But it wasn't until I actually started doing sort of deep inner work on myself that I started to see the potential that this work actually holds. So, you know, in my early 20s, I was like, again, I'm going to make a lot of money. I get to be the boss. I'm going to tell people what to do. That sounds cool. Yeah. Um, But when I started doing deep inner work on myself, I started to realize that this could be a space for healing and empowerment and could actually help people at the end of the day. So that was the thread that I kind of latched onto and followed up until this moment now. So your your style, was your style always like, not saying you were ever like necessarily mean to somebody, but was it like always as conscious as it is now? Or was that through the transition of like your Tantra work, your somatic work, and then you started to blend that? That's right. So, you know, um, as I sort of dropped earlier, there, there wasn't a lot of parental supervision when I was growing up. So I think in a way... There was ways that I felt really powerless and Mm. felt really helpless growing up as a kid. Um, So, you know, what I wasn't aware of, the attraction to being a dominatrix probably filled a need of wanting to feel safe and being in control. I'm doing air quotes in control (laughs) helped me feel safe. And also, you know, I had some daddy issues that were unresolved. So I think that there was this anger I had towards men, which tended to be the clientele that was showing up the most. Sure. And what better way to get back at men than to have them pay you to fuck them up, essentially. So, you know, there's this like perfect recipe that I was in this position. But as I was saying, you know, as I was learning Tantra, as I was doing this inner work on myself and and working on my shadows and stuff and um, 
like beginning to love myself more, I started to realize like, oh, wow, like these people are coming to see me and they're showing me a side of themselves no one ever gets to see. Yeah. Like their partners don't normally know about this. Not their families all. definitely don't know. Coworkers, of course not. Um, yeah. But even more sad to me is that even their own therapists wouldn't know that this side of them existed. Sure. So there's just so much shame ingrained in our desires and in our sexuality. You know, it's almost impossible to talk about sex at all without actually recognizing that shame is such a huge part of our sexuality. So it was such a beautiful experience to realize that, wow, this can be so much more than making 300 an hour and, and all of that. Like I can actually help people feel accepted for their desires, but also celebrated for who Mm. they are. Like, tell me more about that thing. I may not be available to do that journey with you, but I'm excited if this is something that is um, consensual uh, between adults and hopefully it's conscious as well and it uplifts your soul, then I'm all for those sort of activities, you know? Yeah. And it's so, uh, you flow into it so well. Obviously, you've been doing it for so long. You've been in for 20 plus years, right? In the the dominatrix world and like having clients. And you do it so well when you do this, like, I can't even, I can't even do it justice, but you'll do like this. um, It's almost like you're, empowering them Mm -hmm. through like talking, not necessarily down to them, but like, it's like you're empowering them through the language you're using, but it's almost like this, uh, it's, it's hard to explain. It's not like berating, but it's, it is that kind of context. I I work with a lot of people interested in becoming either dominatrixes or doms, um, not just professionally, but I work with men and women interested in stepping into their erotic leadership, as I like to call it. And so we'll talk about, um, what is considered this traditional style of kink. So if we're talking about impact play, like spanking someone, a lot of the time people use it in this traditional way of like, I'm going to punish you. Yeah. So like, you didn't do the dishes right. I'm going to punish you. Get over my lap, you know? And that's, that's fine. But it's a little fucking boring when you think about it. So boring. Um, And so instead, like I might say, so for example, if you and I were playing Johnny, I might say, you know, I am going to actually punish you because you've been really bad. Do you know why you've been bad? Mm-mm. You're like, well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, so many reasons we can go down a list. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm actually going to punish you, Johnny, for all the times that you stand in the way of your own pleasure, mm. for all the times that you feel like you don't deserve to have everything you want and more for all the times you doubt yourself. I'm going to spank you for those reasons. Mm. And I'm not actually spanking you. Your higher self is spanking you. I'm just a channel for you. So I'm going to make sure that you really understand (laughs) just how amazing you are. And if I have to fucking beat it into you, I will. Like, you know, I use that sort of way of... That languaging is amazing. Thank you. Yeah. You know, because um, there's such an opportunity here to Mm -hmm. actually speak to the subconscious when we're incorporating these intense experiences with another and we're sort of... um, giving them this messaging, this positive messaging while they're experiencing intensity and even slight levels of pain. Mm -hmm. um, It really sinks into the subconscious in these really interesting ways that, you know, like I said, our pleasure hormones are this like really incredible way of expanding into more of who we are um, that is really underutilized. So we can use our biology. And if we have the consciousness, we can also use energetic spirituality, like all sorts of things to help people like really step into their wholeness. Yeah. And that's one of the things that's so special about you because I can't imagine that's something that is uh, collectively practiced in Mm. your field. 
I'm not saying not saying trying it's to not, change that. I know, right? <laughs> like that's one of the things. It's part of why we're having this conversation is we want to have this conversation more to expose what it could look like to help because. I think most people, and uh, mm. you can speak to this better than I can, but I think most people probably have little kinks in their lives that they wish they could share, or they wish they could explore, yeah. but it's so taboo. It's shut down by society. We've been told since day one that if you share that with somebody else, they're going to leave you because they're going to think you're crazy and like yeah. all or a freak or whatever word you want to use, right? Mm-hmm. So we've had this negative connotation with it. But I think most people have a little bit of that, you know, and they may not be super like, like you put it perfectly always when you speak is that like kink, it looks different to everybody. Right? Totally. Absolutely. You know, um, a definition for kinky that Jaya Ma uses, she's the creator of the erotic blueprints is essentially someone who's yeah. turned on by the taboo or something that feels a little naughty um, and may not even be you personally. It might be what society or your cultural background or your Correct. religious background considers to be taboo or... Um, naughty, et cetera. So it's very common for people to think of things that aren't necessarily something they'd easily talk about to just anyone, yeah. right? And it doesn't even necessarily have to be these whips and chains and <laughs> and these like really extreme images. It can be something really simple like mm-hmm. dirty talk or, or yeah. the way you're being touched or doggy style. You know, everybody has their own sort of levels of taboo or naughtiness, but it's that aspect of taboo that creates the thrill. It creates that electricity, that juice. So mm-hmm. instead of disowning that part of ourselves or exiling that part of ourselves that usually is attached to a lot of shame, if we could actually embrace that and use it to uplift us and empower us, then, you know, you have so much possibility in what you can explore from that place, you know? Yeah. Oh, mm. so good. Yeah. Well, I want to, I want to dive a little bit into a little bit. It's, we're at the art of masculinity. Mm-hmm. So we want to, we want to hit on the masculine p- part of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a couple routes that I want to take. And I want to start with the first route, which is, you know, you mentioned the shame. Yeah. And we've already talked a little bit about how there's kind of like, I believe this underlying form of whatever kink or satiation that's not being filled, right? For for a lot of people, for most people, but I think men in general, because there's even, I think there's even a higher level of shame for men mm. to want to explore any form of like kink or maybe even admit that they're a follower or a sub potentially, yeah. right? So let's talk a little bit about that and what you've seen in your experience with men and how that could potentially really open up their lives for so much pleasure and joy. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So for men, especially, you know, there's whether you're interested in being the leader or follower, and I just want to touch on that a little bit because that's a terminology that a lot of people don't know. So as a lot of people have heard in the kink or BDSM lifestyle, there's like these different roles that people can take on like dominant and submissive, top, bottom, sadist, masochist, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, I instead, I use a more blanket term, a, a bigger umbrella to sort of convey these different polarities. So I use leader and follower. And I use that terminology because it's more collaborative than dom-sub, which is more hierarchical. So when I talk about leader and follower, there's this collaboration between people to create Mm. something special. It could be that you think of the erotic as a dance almost. So in partner dancing, there's always a leader and there's always a follower, but both can be masterful. Both are needed to have the dance and both can create something really beautiful together. So when we step away from this limiting thinking around what it has to look like. Like if I'm, if I'm a man and I'm interested in what feeling, what it's like to be in surrender, like what does it actually feel like to 
feel like I can just exist and not actually have to do all the time in order to have value. Mm -hmm. I think that's a trap that a lot of men fall into is this idea of like, if I'm not doing, if I'm not like bringing something to the table, then what is my purpose? What is my value? But what if it was safe enough to be with the partner that's like, hey, I would love for you to feel what it's like to surrender and to know that you're worthy of receiving pleasure and expansion just by breathing, mm-hmm. you know? And instead of saying like, get on your knees, bitch, like <laughs> not, all, not all men are like available for that. Yeah, absolutely. But I know a lot of women who are really interested in um, stepping into their leadership in the bedroom with their male partner and, and want to do it in a way that's really loving and respectful and doesn't necessarily have to be this degrading experience unless that's what they're looking for. Yeah. Um, so it just creates some availability around what an energy exchange can look like. Because that's basically all that's happening is that energy is being exchanged one way or another. Mm-hmm. I've also noticed people who are more evolved in their life path and their journey and the more healing they've done, the less fixated they are on like what that energy exchange has to look like. So for a man who maybe hasn't had a lot of healing and hasn't had a lot of that um, integration of self, he might be very like strict on like, I would never be submissive. There's Mm -hmm. no fucking way I would let a woman dom me. Like I would never do that to myself. And I'm like, well, but you want your partner to do that for you? Like you hear the judgment that you hold with that sort of... Right. So that that judgment and that sort of... um, idea of what submissive means carries into that relationship that he has with his partner. And it's almost a sense where there's a codependency that can happen energetically where I need you to be submissive to me so I can feel powerful. Yeah. And if you don't, then what, like, I don't know what to do Who with am my... am I? Like, exactly, what, man, what kind of man am I? Exactly. Yeah. But if I know inherently that I am powerful, I am worthy, I am... Um, you know, I am connected deeply to myself. I'm grounded in my um, understanding of myself. Then I don't need you to fill that void. It's I fill it to myself, but yeah. you can compliment me and I can compliment you. So instead of us spending this energy and filling each other up where we're empty, we, we come into a, an agreement where we're full and instead we're just elevating and elevating like, and then we could do this and then yeah. we could do that. And then we could do, <laughs> you know, fireworks when we actually have that understanding of self. So whether you step into the follower role or the leader role, you are really trusting of self and that you are able to surrender and you are able to experience the depth of what's possible instead of the surface level bullshit that people tend to stick, stick mm-hmm. to because it feels safe. When I ask a man, like, what does being a dominant mean to you? He says to be in control. Yeah. I'm like, well, what does that mean though? You know, like control is like such an interesting word. And when I hear something about control, I think about like, I need to control something because I don't trust it. Yeah. I feel like it's coming from a place of fear. But if I understand that I have access to my own energy where I can influence another person's energy, you know, Abraham Hicks has said, um, there's a quote that Abraham Hicks said that he who understands their own energy and knows how to control it and influence it can also do that for another person. And that's mm. real, real power is, yeah. is being able to have that sense of self and to be able to really be so deeply connected to your inner landscape that you're able to influence another person and be their mirror and actually invite them into having an experience instead of pushing, dragging and pulling them into something instead. You know what I mean? Yeah. And what's really powerful about that is like you're, 
you're challenging the internal world of the individual. So in there, it's like that is the power and control. If you have the power and control internally, that's where the confidence comes from. And externally, you can explore and play with different roles and different ways of like existing and, and experiencing pleasure mm-hmm. where because of the fact that you do own who you are internally, right? Totally. And so It's interesting, you know, um, I do a class called Dom Mastery where people are, yes, learning. Yes, that's right. Um, They're stepping into their erotic leadership. And um, I've created the 10 principles of erotic leadership. And over the last 20 years, I started to feel into what are these pillars and what are these qualities of true, healthy, um, you know, leadership in that, in that erotic space. And Things include like presence and accountability and heart and surrender and congruence. And, you know, some of these phrases, people are like, what do you mean surrender? Like, why would surrender be a part of this erotic leadership uh, principle? And it's like, well, if you are unwaveringly trusting of yourself, then you're able to access surrender. We we Mm -hmm. think about, it's so important in kink to have an understanding of like, what are we available for and what are we not available for? So there's some foundational things that need to happen when I'm in um, maybe in a partnership with someone that I want to learn like how to meet them erotically. However, as you continue to dive deeper and deeper into these spaces, you start to realize that I don't actually need all these rules and all of these boundaries and things because I actually am so clear on how I trust myself that I'm only going to attract scenarios and experiences that are going to fulfill me anyway. So I don't actually have to protect myself. I don't actually have to tell you, Johnny, like, don't do this, don't do that. Because I already know when I'm actually really connected to myself that I'm only going to call in the things that I want the most. And Mm. then we can just sort of have no, no holds bars sort of exploration where we can just really expand to deeper places. I think a lot of people focus on building the foundation, but when you build a foundation, then you're supposed to build the house on top of it. And sometimes people just lean on the foundation Mm -hmm. instead of actually building something magical from it. So the idea of Dom Mastery is like, how do I build a foundation that I can actually build on top of that's going to be just really mind-blowing and expansive and basically everything that I want it to be because the dom is the artist at the end of the day. So be the artist of your life. Be mm. the dom of your life. Yeah. Yeah. Self-mastery. Yeah. And what's what's also powerful about it is that it's it translates ex- externally to ju- the bedroom. It's like, mm-hmm. it's, it's like, you know, you're, right. what you're teaching isn't just leadership for the bedroom or leadership and confidence for the bedroom. It's totally. like literally outside of that too. The amount of confidence. And that's the next question I had for you is like, when you've done a lot of work with men and you've, you've done it through this practice, how have you seen, because I'm sure you're friends with some of them still, or, or you have been in the past and you Mm -hmm. know them, you know them more on a personal level, also outside of that client relationship. How have you seen them in life after doing that practice? So I had noticed, I, I do a lot of play parties and yeah. I had noticed, um, especially with heterosexual couples or just heterosexual pairs where there was a man and there was a woman, mm-hmm. I had noticed something really interesting happening energetically. So I had noticed that a lot of the time the man was very connected to his desires and what he wanted, but he was not oh, yeah. very attuned to his female partner and it was the opposite for women. The The women were very attuned to the man and, and feeling him, but were very um, disconnected to actually what they wanted and mm-hmm. their own desire. So there was a way that they kind of kept missing themselves. Yeah. So when I'm working with men, I'm really talking about this erotic intelligence that bleeds into erotic attunement. 
Like when you are able to be really connected to yourself and then also attuned to the person next to you or across from you, then it gives you an understanding of how to be with them. Mm -hmm. So when you master this idea of attunement that no matter who I come into contact with, I'm able to flow with them. I'm able to be with them. I'm able to meet them in a way that feels good for both of us. Having that sort of mastery in the rest of your life creates endless possibilities of what you can create, you know, because we live in a world where, you know, your relationships are very important and in your success, in your, in your joy and your happiness. So if you're able to have that attunement on an erotic level, Mm -hmm. that which is basically the most sensitive um, place that you can have that attunement and then you ripple it into the rest of your life where it's actually easier to just meet people. You know, if you're getting a coffee and you meet the barista and you're having a meeting with your boss or all those other things, all of that's a piece of cake once you've mastered (laughs) the actual core of everything, which is the erotic self, which is the sexual self. So men stepping into their erotic leadership in a healthy way actually helps them master this idea of attunement so that they know how to flow with life. They know how to flow with their partners. They're not shook by obstacles that come into their path. They're able to to adjust and make um, creative solutions and how they can eat, meet each sort of obstacle or challenge that comes through their path, whether it's their wife or whether it's their boss, you know what I mean? So like, yeah, yeah having that attunement with self and others is a really amazing tool that men can um, acquire once they become erotic leaders. Yeah. And I would, and I would add to that is, mm. is that like that it's, you're teaching them how to tap into almost that energetic state. So it's not, the communication isn't just verbal and physical. It's that energetic communication as well, correct? Absolutely. You know, the thing with men, which I love, is that um, they tend to, if they're going to be dominant, they tend to really um, fall on their physical strength, you know? And and as a woman dominant, that is not something I have access to. I I wish I did. Um, But that is definitely not the the fallback for me when it comes to me being in erotic leadership. So it's my desire to show men that while that's a great asset to have and and it's great if you can utilize it, what else is there? Because, you know, just being a strong monkey and throwing your girl over your (laughs) shoulder, it can be good for certain levels. But like, what if you're not in in the same room with each other? Or like, how do you still assert that dominance in a really healthy way that, you know, blows her fucking mind open and, and all other parts of her body open? Um, that doesn't always have to fall on you having to be in the room and like being physical in that sense. So how do you um, attune to someone mentally? How do you attune to their them emotionally? How do you attune to them spiritually? Mm-hmm. Um, being able to hit all of those different sort of aspects of being a human being is so more powerful than just being able to, you know, I club a girl yeah. over the head and drag her he- by the hair into your cave. You, you come know? with me. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I was... I was um, sort of, I was giving guys a hard time about it because um, I'm like, is that all you got? Like this physical strength thing. That's so, that's so basic and and first level. And then um, I was playing with a partner, a a man, and he sort of like threw me over his shoulder and I was like, (laughs) but he also brought in these other aspects as well, you know, that he was really able to use language, use erotic language Mm. to really stimulate my brain. Like I'm a sapiosexual. So I have to feel like the person I'm engaging with is, you know, up to my speed intelligently, you know, and is able to use language and, and, stimulate my imagination in ways that like really sets my body on fire as well as the way he touches me and the way he Mm. is present with me and all of those things as well. Yeah. And that's, I mean, you just hit on so many important things there with 
to include, like you said, the way that we touch, but then also the way that we speak intellectually yeah. to have that. Uh, again, it's it's almost like when when I was, you know, working when Taylor and I went to your event mm-hmm. and we were working with you and there, there's different levels of touching that you can get that that touch different senses within us, right? Yeah. So that's that soft. And the guys that are just going for brute power, it's like, you're not going to have the versatility in that. Mm-hmm. And in that exposure of versatility and breadth of range, you're able to have that deeper connection with your partner. And that's where I think a lot of men, and to myself included, even before you know I met you and mm-hmm. before we Taylor and I started to explore more, I was of the same mindset. I was like, oh, come with me. I grab, <laughs> we go. Like totally. It's just like, I didn't know. And mm-hmm. what you don't know, you don't know. So mm-hmm. to be exposed to this different style, but also with this range now yeah. allows me to connect with Taylor better, but then also allows me to speak to her in different ways and meet her at different levels when she's not open for certain things, like you said. Mm-hmm. You know? so. Oh, I love that. I love hearing that because there is such a a wide range of what's possible, but we're right. sort of taught such a limited mm-hmm. idea of it. Like, you know, we look at the media and the sensationalized view of what kink is. Um, so people think it's, you know, oh, like, I don't want to hurt my partner. You know, a lot of guys don't, like they get afraid of like hurting their partner or um, creating any damage and things like that. So... Another thing we talk about in Dom Mastery and in the classes that I do is this idea of like having the language that you and your partner can have a better understanding of each other. Because this idea of like, if I'm the Dom, I'm this like godlike perfect being, (laughs) like that is just not realistic. So people want to actually feel your humanity. They actually want to feel like they're impacting you. A lot of the men I meet who assume the dominant position actually it feels like they almost leave their heart out of it. And they Mm -hmm. come in with this very stoic, like sense of like, I'm in charge now. So do this, do that, you know, and it's actually like really devoid of the heart and, and this different levels of connection that's possible. So I love that you can learn that there's so many different options. Like as the artist, you have so many different ways of creating and, and, thinking about like, what is the intention at the end of the day? The difference between regular kink and conscious kink is having intention. So an intention could just be a lot of pleasure, but it could also like help um, your female partner to open her heart more, to like have her be in her body more, to remind her of her beauty and like, you know, happy wife, happy life. Like you want to create an opportunity where your partner can feel themselves more, um, create safety. It can actually like, you know, rewrite some of these really um, old belief systems we have about what love is and what partnership is and and what the world is even um, when we are able to have a really positive erotic experience with another person. It actually, you know, rewires our brains as well, the synapses and can change can only really fundamentally happen in connection with another. It doesn't really happen in a vacuum. It doesn't happen just by reading a book. You can get inspired by a book and it can really open your mind, but real long lasting integrated change happens through relationships and through connection. Just like a lot of our trauma happens in connection. Mm -hmm. Our healing needs to happen in connection as well. Uh So you can actually like help heal your partner, because essentially if you're in a relationship with someone, you are basically their parental figure that they need to have healing with anyway. You sort of stepped into that role, like with Taylor and yeah. and her with you, you know, whatever uh, unresolved um, pain or trauma or healing that needs to happen in your family dynamics, your partner's actually stepping into that role to actually support you in that journey. Yeah. So if you can experience something erotically that's pleasure-filled, 
while you're on that healing journey with each other, it just makes everything so much more fun, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And it's like, I, I, you know, I firmly believe, obviously, like we as human beings, we're, we're all searching for constant pleasure. Right. And we should be receiving that. And what I fear in, in just the average relationship is obviously that, that there's a d- big disconnect there because we, mm-hmm. we claim to want to love each other and we claim to want to give each other the best that the world has to offer, but we're not willing to meet each other in these pleasure spaces that are considered taboo today. Totally. And that to me is is really sad. And and I learned this mindset or even this thought process simply by being around you and Mm. experiencing a lot of the words that you're using and how you're teaching. So I want to explore that a little bit. Let's say we got guys listening right now. They're Mm -hmm. like, all right, I'm sold, Kimmy. Like you got (laughs) me sold. Like I need to step up. I, I want to do better. I want to learn more. One, let's talk about how can they open this conversation mm-hmm. and feel safe themselves to not feel emasculated when the words come out of their mouth. Totally. Yeah. If any of your listeners are like, I'm in, and then I'm like, sweet, you drank the kinky Kool-Aid. Yeah, like, let's I love do it. this. Yeah. How do you get your partner to drink it now? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, um, you know, I think it's so important to really when you're interested in sharing something like this interest in exploration with a partner to having as much understanding of yourself as possible before bringing this to someone. Because what tends to happen when someone brings information to another from a place of fear or like, oh, I'm scared that you're going to judge me, you're going to reject me, et cetera. If you're able to just come through um, this conversation with a lot of vulnerability around like, you know, how does it feel to actually wanting to have a conversation with you about this? Like, how does it feel to feel like I'm awakening to something that's really drawing my interest and I want to share it with you because you're the most important person in my life. So Mm -hmm. this is a part of me that I'm noticing that I want to share with you and I'm interested in in exploring what is possible in our erotic lives. It could be kink, it could be tantra, it could be other sacred sexuality practices, but I'm interested in using sex that goes beyond procreation and goes beyond insert slot A into slot B creates orgasm. Like what else is there? Um, And what sort of depth is possible? Um, So if you're able to sort of approach these conversations with more vulnerability and, and, and really feeling into like, what do you want? Like, mm-hmm. do you want more novelty? Do you want more excitement? Do you want more passion? You know, if you're having these conversations with somebody, um, not just focusing on what you want, but what's in the way of what we want. Is there fear that needs to be talked about? Is there um, trust issues that we need to work on as a couple? Is there communication issues that we need to, to work on? Like, and really understanding like what is available right now and what are we working with right now? Mm. I think it's a really important thing to consider before sort of just diving into this conversation. For sure, yeah. I remember like when I was a dom, I wasn't telling boyfriends or guys I was dating that I was a dominatrix at first. So I would do really like weird things. Like I would have like a, like a, the book 50 Shades of Grey, like on the coffee table. Well, and the I, guy would come over and he'd be like, oh, hey, have you heard of this book? Like, meanwhile, I've been a dom for like, you know, five years. Doing like psychological <laughs> yeah. warfare on him. Trying, but, yeah. like, trying to read like, what's the vibe? Like, does he <laughs> seem cool about is it or not? Is he open to this? Is now, he not? Now I'm like on the second date, I'm breaking out something called the, the king checklist. Yeah, which is you're like, like, all right, we so, got something like, to look at. <laughs> let's talk about it. Because I am so... um confident and self-assured around who I am as a person that I feel really confident and comfortable bringing this to another. And if the person I'm bringing it to is not 
available to even consider a conversation like this, we're probably not going to be a good match. Right. You know exactly. what I mean? So um, that's good for me to know, like right out the gate. Right. But for those who are already in relationships and that love their partners and want to yeah. kind of expand into these places, yeah, it's like going to take some courage and and some understanding that this this subject brings up a lot of fear for people. 100%. Remember, you cannot talk about sex without shame. Like right. just know that it's ingrained in us. We're born into it. And it's just, we're sur- like, um, we're surrounded by it constantly. Yeah. So like making sure that you keep these factors in mind as you're bringing this to your partner is just going to give you some compassion and understanding and patience with them. And if they're not necessarily a fuck yes right from the gate, like right from yeah. the get-go, then it's like, okay, like let's look at the things standing in the way of us maybe having more exploration or expanding in these different ways. Perhaps working with a professional um, or a mentor or a teacher who is really skilled and an, an expert level would actually help us feel more safe and comfortable as we you know, embark on this new terrain instead yeah. of us just sort of awkwardly and stumbling through it. Maybe we can get some support because so often couples and individuals think that you have to do this alone, but you don't have to do this alone. There's people like me in the world yeah. that want to support you in your erotic journey and, and help you sort of find your way in a, in, a, in a way that feels really honoring of yourself. Yeah. And that's so important because the fact that, I mean, guys, just we have a habit of thinking we're alone in everything mm-hmm. that we do, which is terrible, which we're trying to break, right? That's Man my, my island, mission, right? right? Yeah, so we're good. trying to do that. Thank but God. but having, having that and understanding there are people like you out there that have deep experience and you come from a place of love and you come from a place of wanting to help people find that ultimate pleasure just in life so they can live their highest life like you truly do. Knowing that that's available, you have the exposure to it, right? So right. it's like, um, giving guys the the thumbs up of like, hey, maybe even proposing that in that mm-hmm. conversation. Like, hey, I, I heard about Kimmy Inch on um, Johnny's, Johnny's show. Just blame Johnny. Yeah, just blame <laughs> me. That's all right. Everybody else does. But you're like, hey, I, yeah, I was, I was exploring this. I'd love to talk to you about it. And maybe it's somebody we can reach out to, right? Or totally. see what she has to offer and see if there's something we can participate in to start yeah. dipping our toes in that exploration mm-hmm. with somebody who brings a conscious environment, right? Absolutely. Like send my Instagram photo, or yeah. not photos, um, reels, you know, yeah, to, yeah. to your partner and be like, oh, look, look what Camille had to say about this, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because, um, yeah, what I am sort of advocating for is for, yeah, more depth, intimacy and love in the world. And, you know, um, being able to use, again, our own pleasure hormones, our own biology that is innate to who we are as human beings as a way of expanding into more pleasure and into more of who we are. So, you know, that's really what I advocate for and happy to, to be the person that you share that with your partner. So yeah. And mm. and what's really funny too, and I'll I'll let people know is the more that Taylor and I have gotten into exploring together yeah. and then experiencing your content and also experiencing your event, is that I'm more open to even talking about this to mm. just random people. Oh and cool. The really interesting thing is that when women hear me talk about it, mm-hmm. they get very excited. And so for guys out there, I honestly think if you were to open that conversation with your partner, oh my gosh, you're probably actually going to get a very like resounding, grateful response from them because they probably have had had some desire. Or, oh my God. Right? I've been teaching for 15 years <laughs> and usually my classes are filled with women. And yeah, they are interested in learning 
uh, from me, like conscious kink and stuff from me. But they're also like, I really want to find a partner who's going to dominate me, who's going to lead me, who's going to be open to exploring this with me. And it has only been like, I want to say like the last three or four years, there's been more and more men showing up. And when I say men, I mean single men, not men that were dragged there by their girlfriend or wives, but single men that are like, okay, I'm interested in learning about this. And I'm so excited to see that sort of tide turning. But yeah, for years, it was just women just being like, where are the men? Like, where are the men? And I'm like, I'm trying ladies, you know, so men like they're there. Like there's a lot of women that are really excited and interested in exploring with a conscious man who's in his heart and want to have like more pleasure in their lives. So, you know, it's just finding that partner that almost has holds the key to unlock that within them is is so difficult to find, you know? And I think this goes for guys in relationships and single guys out there to, to being open to explore these conversations, explore this realm in general. Like both you, both of you styles of men have the opportunity to really create a more in-depth relationship with whoever or your future partner or who you're currently with. And you're going to more than likely have somebody that's very receptive to it. Totally. Uh, and open to do that with you. You know, it's another thing to remember, you know, as you're sort of sharing, maybe wanting to explore, maybe even being brave enough to share your desires with someone, oh, letting yeah. them know like, hey... We don't have to like so dive right into these things. Like what is the pinky toe and the shallow end of the pool look like for you, honey? Yeah. Like how about, would you be available for us laying together? I'm just going to hold you. We can keep our clothes on and I'm just going to sort of describe in greater detail around what I think a fun experience could be for us to explore together. Yeah. And then a lot of the fear comes from um, maybe not enough information. And we already have these like stigmatized ideas of what everything is supposed to look like in kink anyway. So if you're able to lay down with your partner and say like, let's try this as a baby step where we're just going to use language. I'm going to share with you like, oh, you come into the room and I like take off your clothes and I kiss every part of your body and tell you how beautiful you are and that I really want to, um, you know, open your heart. So like I lay you on the bed and I tie you up because I want you to feel surrender. And Mm. I want you to know that I've got you without a shadow of a doubt. I've got you and like take you through this experience where you're telling me where to touch you and what to do. And your partner might be listening to this and you're thinking to themselves like, oh, okay, that was not what I thought you were saying. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) when you said you were interested in spanking me, I thought like you're just going to sort of do this in a really degrading way. But what you're describing is like, it's going to help me get into my body and open me up more and stimulate my senses. And I'm available for that conversation. But if we don't have... um, the capacity to actually like want to be curious and dig deeper and ask questions. And we stay on this superficial, like assumption, assumptive level without actually really knowing like, what does it mean that you want to explore with me? What does it look like? And why don't you tell me about what that looks like? And I'll feel into my own body and notice, does it feel safe? Do I feel comfortable? Does my body say yes? Is it like, "Mm, not so sure, maybe not ready for that yet, but there's these ways to titrate Mm -hmm. where you don't have to go all or nothing, where you can actually say like, let's try this and just talk about it. Yeah. And like, let's see how that feels. And then maybe like, we'll we'll have a, a situation where we're going to play for like five minutes and we'll set the alarm. And then we'll like stop and like check in. Like, th- is this feeling good? Are we still like a fuck yes to this? Or yeah. do we want to like make some adjustments? Like there's so many ways that you can be creative and mm. how this can look. Oh, it's so yeah. good. Yeah. Oh my God. We literally could talk so much <laughs> more. I'm definitely going to have to have you back on because there's <laughs> yes, so please. much that we haven't explored. I and I really, really want to touch on but we've had such an in-depth conversation where I think this is really going to help guys kind of find this 
just to open the door for them to, yeah. to see a little differently a world that we've been has been stigmatized for so long. Yes. Um, and to help them hopefully start to have open this conversation with their partner or potential future partners. Maybe it's they're bringing out their own list at the dating table. Like, hey, I do want to explore this. Let me know right off the bat if you're open for yeah. it. So I hope that this conversation helps with that. But we'll definitely have to have you back on to explore so that. many different things. I um, mean, you just started Dom Mastery. So I would love, you know, after you've completed oh, Dom yeah. Mastery and have another conversation so with you. Um, so for those that want more intermediate level sort of combo, like let's yeah. do it. It'd be super fun. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. We will. And we, we'll, we'll dive into that for everybody. But before we head off, there's mm. two last things. First, tell everybody where they can find you, okay. how they can support you, and if there's anything you got going on in the near future that potentially they could get involved in. Perfect. So you can find me at Kimmy Inch, just my name. So KimmyInch.com, K-I-M-I-I-N-C-H. And also find me on all the social media things through at Kimmy Inch. So that's a great place to start. Also, I'm going to be doing another four-day event that you and Taylor yeah. actually attended. That's going to be May 4th through 7th. Okay. And and um, we still have some spots available for that. If anyone's interested in an in-person experience, it goes very fast. <laughs> yes. It's actually our last one of the year. Oh, wow. Um, because we're going to be moving That's locations right. and right. doing some yep. stuff there. But um, and yeah, and then just get in touch with me because I'm always doing like talks and online um, experiences and all kinds of stuff. So if you signed up to my mailing list, you'll be kept in the loop of all the offerings that yeah. I have. And you put out great content too. Thank so like you. For, for everybody out there, like like she puts her time into her content. It's really just not do. thrown out there. So from your emails to your content on IG. Mm -hmm. And then if you're willing to explore and you want to open this conversation as well, start looking at Kimmy's stuff, especially on IG and, mm -hmm. and maybe open it up with your partner and yeah. like take a look at it and listen to what she's saying. I think that would be a good introduction as well to you, but also a good introduction to those conversations. So, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is my life's passion and it's my joy to really show people what's possible and hopefully help them to, yeah, have more of what they want in this world. Oh, well, you do it in such a beautiful way. Yeah. It's so, it's, it's so, you've protected the energy very well when you mm. curate those environments. And so everybody from... From the masculine men mm -hmm. to to the men who who are more submissive or, mm -hmm. or followers in nature, totally. like everybody can feel very safe in your environment, which is really special. And, and it's it's not somebody, uh, not everybody can do that, and it's not easy to curate that. So I definitely commend you with that. Thank you for seeing me. I appreciate yeah. that. Mm. Absolutely. And your last question before yes. you know we're out of here is. What does the art of masculinity mean to you? Oh, the art of masculinity, it means to me being able to be the artist, to flow in life, to have that presence and deep understanding of what's possible. And masculinity is not just gender-based, but it's an energy. So like really understanding that energy and flow, um, that's... Yeah, being able to master that, I think, is so artful. Oh, beautifully said. Yeah. And from somebody who actually has experienced both sides of the spectrum, oh, yeah. like deeply, mm -hmm. more deeply than I think a lot of men have. Totally. Uh, so like, that's yeah. beautifully said. I appreciate that, Kimmy. Thanks, son. Well, to everybody listening, thanks for joining us today. Kimmy, thank you for jumping on the show. I love yes. you. And we will talk again soon. 